You are listening to The Real Men Feel Show with Andy Grant. Real Men Feel encourages men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been taught, all emotions do serve you. Real Men Feel is committed to engaging in discussions that most men aren't having, but you don't need to be a man to join us. The Real Men Feel Show is produced weekly for your growth and enjoyment. Listen to us on podcast platforms including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many more. You can also watch the show on YouTube by visiting realmenfeel.org slash YouTube. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or subscribe on iTunes by visiting realmenfeel.org slash iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at realmenfeel.org and at facebook.com slash realmenfeelshow. All links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmenfeel.org. Your reviews, comments, feedback, and participation are welcome during the live show and anytime in our Facebook group, on Twitter, or at realmenfeel.org. Now, let's get into this week's show. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Real Men Feel. This is your host, Andy Grant, and this is actually episode 141 of the show. And, you know, I'm not the host because I consider myself to be the ultimate man or I'm some ideal of masculinity. I host this show because I'm willing to have conversations that I believe can benefit more men. And I'm willing to be open and authentic. And the show is really about inviting you to give yourself permission to feel whatever arises in your life as well. And one of my thrills about this show is that I love talking to other men that are open and authentic and being of service. And today I'm welcoming back a guest that was on twice in 2018. And he really fits that billing of being open, authentic, and being of service. So please welcome men's coach and founder of the men's school, Mr. Jan Hutchins. Greetings, Andy. How are you doing? I'm doing very good today. It's and, uh, good to be back here. I love your energy and the, the topics you come up with are always helping me advance my own understanding of what I think about them. So thank you. Oh, cool. Awesome. And uh, yeah, you really came up, um, you came to my mind about a month ago during a meditation. Because the, the last time you were on, it was last May, episode 92, and it was a conversation about, is life easy or hard? Because you had, on the prior show, you were on initially, I think last February, to talk about the men's school. And you said, the problem with life is that there's no end to the problems. <laughs> and at the time, I told you, oh, that's very pessimistic, and oh, we, like, we've got to talk about that further. And um, last year was just all awesome for me. So as I really at like just, just high on life and everything's fantastic. And I, I was like, no, life is easy. We make it hard, but life is easy. It's fantastic. And you were like, no, you know, it, it can be tough to be a human and it's, it can be a grind. And the existential crisis. Yes. So I have been deep in that this year. And, and I, I remember mentioning and just going, oh my God, life is freaking hot, so hard. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, I've got to contact Jen and apologize. Like, you're right. <laughs> so, but, but to bring it all together, like, when life is easy and good, it doesn't mean it always will be. And or that it's easy and good for the people around. Mm, right. This idea that I'm connected to all this is a sort of basic. Yuval Hariri, I don't know if you know the Sapiens writer, deep, beautiful dude from uh, Israel. And he, did, he wrote the book about the, how humans evolved in ways that uh, by believing shared stories, we built cultures and came to basically hallucinations that we would all agree on, like money and nation states and religion and all this stuff. Oh, okay, sure. But it may, gave us a collective power. And at some point, he said, all these myths seem to devolve into nothing to believe in. And people were questioning, well, what is true? What is worth paying attention to? And he said, suffering. There's no story around suffering. There's victimhood, but the, you know, the true suffering, there's no story about it. It hurts, and, and it's the prime, prime directive for a human. How do I ease suffering? Hmm. And that, you know, that's interesting that you can separate suffering from victimhood, because I probably always put them together. Hmm. Depends on how you were grazed and whether or not you grew up in a sort of, I guess, you Cartman drama triangle kind <laughs> of family where somebody control the family by being the victim in the family. Yeah. Yes, that, that's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you, so you, you have to learn to be a perpetrator. I understand 
I understand the thing. The only way to get out of the Cartman drama triangle is to be willing to be a perpetrator and not play. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. My, um, my dad would love to quote Buddha to say, well, life is suffering. And that's all he would say. Like, well, I think Buddha said a lot of other things. And I think he talked about how to not suffer, but you know, but that, that's as far as he went into, into Buddhism was life is suffering. The end. That was the lesson. I'm in the middle of watching Mad Men again. And it helps me remember that that era was, or even today having a, a meme pass by about Walter Cronkite and how there was a time when someone would just give you the news and tell you the details of what happened to the best he could and leave it up to you to decide what your opinion was about it. Mm -hmm. and, and we live in a world that's so contrary to that these days, that nostalgia about it, but still that, that's the connection that fits for me that uh, connecting that kind of thing. Cool. Well, that, so that, that's what prompted me to be, be thinking of you. And, and I think about you often, you, you, you post a lot, you're very active on Facebook and you're always sharing interesting things. And, but what I've noticed recently, um, if you started doing political posts to the men's school, and the first time I noticed was, was this month. It was back on like January 14th was the first time I saw something and I saw someone else comment that, what exactly they said, is the men's school really the place for this type of political post? I look for growth and learning. I see tons of political posts elsewhere on Facebook. And, and you responded. So I, want, I wonder if you could share your response and, and what prompted you to start sharing political posts? The co-founders... We don't meet as often as we first did, but we met at one point and discussed this and came to the agreement that it is part of being uh, a man in the world to play a role in the experience you're having, to take responsibility for your world and your life. So without making it about activism, I try to post as often as I can political viewpoints that are interesting and or I think relevant to things people aren't seeing. I try not to do the casual pro-con liberal conservative today's fascist <laughs> progressive. <laughs> um, but, although that's a good context. Uh, but but I, I do try to make sure that uh, it's part of my understanding of our responsibility as men to be involved in our world. Hmm. That's as simple as that. Cool. I like that. So, and what's the overall response been? Really favorable. Okay. And I like that there's pushback uh, for two reasons. One, when people are presented with, with complex, interesting information, frequently the first response is to push it away because it, of course, conflicts with all my biases, biases. Um, but it's also that exchange, that brittle, that kind of exchange is how learning happens. And it, I'm, a, I'm in, I'm willing to put my time into this and do it. So it, it doesn't bother me to have the pushback. In fact, in some ways, it's like, you know, you, you, you aren't, uh, you aren't a player until you've got a hater. Right. Right. And yeah. yeah and the pushback proves that you've, you've triggered something and it's going to help. It's, yeah. It's energy. It's created energy. Yeah. And I, I get that there's trolling going on. And I, I kind of try to work my way through that because I keep asking people who are in opposition. See, I like to consume in the following way. I look at stuff. If I like it, I say something nice or I interact with the thing. If I don't, I just turn and move on. Mm -hmm. I don't have to make it be different than I want it to be. Mm. But, but when it catches someone and they want it to be different, you shouldn't, you shouldn't post this. Oh, that's beautiful. That's exactly where we, where learning starts. Yeah. Yeah. In opposition. I've heard from, from other men, um, men I know that are part of the Mankind Project, um, be, it, be it the weekend, be it, be it groups, um, people on Facebook, and they, they're, they're conserved, they're self-identified conservative men. And they feel like there's no place for them. And that, that the, the growth environment is somehow, it just just against them politically, and he, he can't share that he actually likes Trump and things like that. So, and that's kind of the really want to talk about. Like, do can politics and men's work mix? Well, it's inextricable. Uh, and um, let me let me take a, 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 
So I find that that is true about isms in the men's work. So any, any ism raises put, or pushes, pushes buttons, gets people triggered? Pushes buttons and, and is the, the idea that we are in this for men's work and the growth is a very prime directive and I'm all for it. And there's really a bunch of shit hitting the fan and suffering, as I talked about earlier, happening in our world these days in ways that are hard to ignore. And uh, I feel and see and think that the responsibility I talked about before includes speaking directly into villainy and tyranny and fascism and racism and all of the ways in which we kind of once seemed to at least agree we never enacted it but we agreed that we should behave that way it was our ideal it was the values i get that our current culture has become so jaded and cynical about every kind of institution and all the wrongs they've experienced that like a kind of traumatic patient they ha have decided to either overregulate or underregulate, hyper or hypo-regulate to handle uh, the imbalance that, that, they that we experience. So I get that, but there's still, I want to live in a world where values are important and that we have some human primary connection that makes us all connected and that recognition is vital. And I think that's it at risk here, another wave of terror is uh, uh, possible if the, 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 the ship isn't righted. And I'm not gonna stand by and kind of go, well, geez, I wish I'd said something before the ship really hit the fan. Do you have any theories or thoughts of, of what has created this, this society, this period of, of people being so jaded and cynical? I read a book recently, Bessel van der Kolk, The Body Keeps the Score. Van der Kolk is the number one researcher in trauma, its effects on people, and the ways in which we could prevent it if we were to have, have any frigging sense, or uh, otherwise, um, how to cure it, cure it, uh, manage it. it. It shocked me, the degree to which all of us have gone through one form or another of actual trauma, being attacked. You could even say some of the betrayals we experienced, but certainly beating, rape, uh, you know, abuse, all the ways in which a lot of us experience it. Then all the attachment stuff that didn't happen. My mom was tripped out, so she never really taught me or let me feel what being loved is all about. If, if you don't get that by four, if you don't get socialized by four, the, the brain that brain that can learn that shut down yeah. then then there's the chronic stress that we're all since the, we're in a dollar dog eat dog you know sort of world it's not about taking care of one another it's about fighting for whatever scraps that people can have and that comp competition puts me and everybody else on edge thank god for retirement uh but it's now they're coming at me okay so um but the the tension and stress. I travel in other places around the world and it would always strike me, people are just calmer. They're just more friggin' chill. America is like wired in fear and a kind of, I say, pandemic of stress, trauma, and attachment disorder. So if everybody is tripping, why wouldn't we have all these cultural craziness? Every, it, it's chaos walking around in a bunch of little bodies. So, so my perspective you know, is that we need to really think about if we can't really cure this, because we're all messed, we're all, forgive me, I'm gonna be, we're all fucked up. Yeah. We can do our best, but the challenge would be, could we stop that shit now? Can we do what it takes forget about bombs for a while and make it all about babies. That's the only, and then go plant us trees everywhere. <laughs> babies and trees. Let's just do that. What else you want to do? Nothing. Just babies and trees. Take care of the babies 
and plant trees. The, the rest will take care of itself because there is still the economic engine. But in terms of what we should think about and do, take care of trying to create less and less suffering, trauma, stress, and attachment disorder in our, in our lives. So in, in, in my travels and experiences with other men in, in men's work um, and talking about the Real Men Feel show, it, it's, it seems, it's my perspective that most men looking to grow somewhere in personal growth, somewhere on the spiritual um, seeking mission in, in their life, they tend to be progressive politically or liberal politically. Or, and it's, you know, if, if guys that want change inside can, can see that they want change outside as well. Um, but I wonder if I'm, is, is, is it just the circle I'm in? Do you, you, you know, you have, you have, I think you have, you have thousands of people in the men's school. And so I wonder, is, are, are, is the full political spectrum there or is it mostly um, to the liberal side of, of well, men? Or? Here's, here's the difference. I think a, a political spectrum is there. Full, what's that mean? I do know that a good friend of mine from back in Northern California came into the uh, group and started to have little conversations. And he, he contacted me and he said, you know, I can't do this. I said, well, tell me about it, Fred. What's, what's the, what's, he says, well, I know that we have the guns and that it, when this shit hits the fan, we're going to kill all you guys. Now, this is a fellow I'd known for quite a while, considered normal, insane, and he was, he'd gone Timothy McVeigh on me. And I didn't, he didn't threaten me in any way. He was sort of matter of fact about what's going to happen if Trump doesn't get reelected or what's going to happen if it really comes down to a civil war over our, can I just call somebody a nigger for God's sake? I'll kill you if I can't call somebody a nigger. You know? <laughs> Whatever the reasoning on both sides of this, but certainly on the more, I don't know what to call it. Fascist is a better word because it's finally out in the open and it, it, it makes, it has a definition. Someone who would use state power against people for the reason of something about their personhood, basically. So I don't know if that's an answer to your question, but it seems to me like it's a, an attempt yeah, and I feel like that's all we can do, right? Because there's there's no comment on Facebook that's gonna get someone preparing for civil war to change their mind, right? It's 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 frightening and it was chilling to me. It really was chilling because mm -hmm. I do have a childlike naivete about a lot of myself and my life, and the the idea that that the seriousness that is now starting to show itself at the edges of what's happening even exists it has been hard for me to even adjust to oh, okay we've got this aberration and it's just going to be kind of a, a sideshow and uh, no this is dangerous shit going on the government is being dismantled as we speak mm. so i don't know that's what, things, that's what folks want. They voted that. They, they, they're, in the, they're doing what they said they do. Dismantling government. Okay. All right. So you, you mentioned aberration. That's one thing I, I did want to ask. That do you, are we in an aberration or is this the new normal, this, this extreme divisiveness? <sighs> yeah, this is, a, this is a very, very deep place because we are living in two worlds. But but I, hmm. I, I don't, I don't know. The, the, the piece on Facebook was in the day we all should, we had three choices. Now, as we have, and everyone's camp, it's the. I get it. I'm beginning to have the same suspicion of social media, that the algorithm to gain our attention is insidious and malevolent at its core. I remember how conflicted I was when I opened a yoga studio as a business that I was going to charge people and try to, and I, I noticed all the ways my behavior changed when I had to get people to give me money to do what I would love to do before for free. It, it's, there's, a, there's a malevolence in the, in the capitalist 
we always need to make more profit process in itself. It, it's immoral. And maybe that's it. It's, it's that word more. Like making a profit, fine, but making always more, more profit. Is, is, right. That seems that's to be exactly a, a differentiation. It. Yeah. It's, it's any obsession. Anything taken to its natural extreme. Maybe that was Marx's uh, insight. He might have been sitting around going, well, what do you think if you take it to its... What about capitalism? Because you know? mm -hmm. it's a great idea and it's wonderful. And it, a lot, when it comes up on the Ben School page, for instance, people, there's always defenders. You can't say something bad about capitalism. It's, it's predatory capitalism. And it, it's capitalism in, in its end time. It's, it's fulfilled. It's, it's like a flower that's wilted. It's not yeah. capitalism... My dad could start a store. Right. My wife can start a brokerage, you know? Yeah. Like if, if, if unbridled capitalism was the way to go, then, you know, there'd be no child labor laws, right? They're just all the things they've changed and made to make a better, yeah, a, a better society and pure capitalism don't always go together naturally. Well, they don't. They yeah. don't because, okay. the, well, now you put money another one of those Hariri uh, things that we just imagined, put all this money in the hands of one interest group, they buy the government, they do what they want, it, it, it's not a fair fight. Are, are the discussions in the men's group specifically, um, not, now they're bringing more political opinion into it and, and, and not sharing your opinion per se, but you know, well-written opinion to get people to think, is is the discourse as it remains civil? You know, have some people bailed? Are you getting? You mentioned trolls. You we know. had a, we had some beautiful eras. The era of as we started, there was a sort of a definition have taking place as to what is this men's school that women are in, and how are they relate, and what's the how does, and that there were some knockdown, drag out, feminist uh, people who were saying men are being the, are the enemy, uh, and men, I think, kind of pretty civilly defending and responding uh, with empathy. You know, everybody needs to be empathetic because everybody is living in this crazy world. And they are caught in the existential crisis. And many of them are traumatized. So you give everybody a break. But that was a great era and it was spectacular. I really enjoyed a lot of that conversation. Uh, and I think we all grew from it. We made friends and, and enemies. Um, but this, this era, as we introduced more of the political, since it is the dominant thing going on in our culture right now, um, it, it has produced a similar sort of edginess. But I try to keep it, you know, somebody goes past what I think is reasonable. I just, I, I just delete it. You know, I manage the page to, 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 to try to keep it civil enough that people want to participate and yet still contribute with enough controversy to make it interesting to read. So have you found that you've had to delete more comments or, or not? Is it pretty staying the same? I, I have a thing. One of the things about, I'm not very smart, but I think I learned something. I put it to work. Um, this idea of whataboutism to distract from any conversation. If you and I are talking about eggs and they say, well, what about avocados? Yeah. They're food. Well, shut the fuck up. <laughs> We're talking about eggs over here. Well, that always trips me, and it's used in political discourse all the time yeah. uh, these days. You know, I have just, you know, you're having a deep conversation with someone, and they, it's like, oh, it's like Tourette's. Hillary! Hillary! Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it, it's, it's when you're broaching a subject that's uncomfortable, I don't have a good answer, great. It's distraction. It's Obama. And that is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's always someone else's fault. If it if it works well, it was me. If it works poorly, it was someone else's fault. <laughs> I don't think there's yeah. much true discourse happening, actually. Yeah. I, I was when I saw the Cronkite piece today, I started saying, "Well, who do I trust?" You know, I said, "Wouldn't it be nice if there was a Cronkite today?" And I said, "Well, who?" Well, but Fareed Zakaria pleases me almost every time I look at his stuff. Making sense. I couldn't. I can't tell you what his political opinion is. He gives he, every show of his. I learn something. I get perspective that I didn't think any of the other trolls have given me. Uh, and I've been watching reliable sources lately. This guy Brian Seltzer. Yeah. 
good stuff. The guy's asking the important questions as a former journalist. What should we be covering it? How, would, how does one wend their way through this showman's uh, shitstorm? It's a, he's, he's kind of cool. And, I, and then I thought of Moyers just retired. Bill Moyers. Oh, my goodness. You know, you think, I, get, I get caught up in thinking of there was a time when there was this clarion call of understanding and wisdom. So, you mentioned earlier the your friend that had gone uh, McVeigh and was preparing. You know what was going to happen if Trump didn't win re-election. So, uh, do you have any particular hopes or fears looking forward to to you know eight years of a Trump presidency or or not? Well, as the fellows taught me, I'm, I'm looking over here and there's there's bars, uh, a shadow of what looks like bars. The blinds are turned. And when I was in prison, not visiting, to do men's work, the guys who were there on the max security life imprisonment floor, but had gotten to the men's work, said, it is what it is, pause, and it's all good. You know, you look at somebody in the eye, you know they've already been in there 20 years from the time they were 19 years old, and they've got no particular certainty that they'll ever get out. It's a pretty dire situation. Mm -hmm. And to have a man pickle in that for a long, long time, 20 years, whole life's going by, whole life, you see it. It is what it is. And in some mystical, magical, shamanic way, it's all good. Because in working with those men, being around them, you know, I felt so unsafe getting in. But after I was there, I felt safer in there than I felt out here. <laughs> those guys are deep and special in so many ways. Now, the guys out in the yard who don't come to the men's work, you know, I don't want to be in the room with those guys. I'm not, I'm not crazy. But these guys are, they're bodhisattvas. I've, uh, I know, I want to read something that I've, I've seen a couple, uh, you know, Trump fans that I know post and I've seen, it's kind of a, a viral um, just cut and paste response to people kind of defending their continued support of President Trump. I, I want to read, I bet you've seen this, but I want to read this. So people message me, why do I stick my neck out for Trump? Why do I tarnish my reputation for a man that's hated by so many? I don't care how much the media twists what he says. I don't care how bad he looks. I don't care about his sex life at all. I don't even care that his language skills are not academic. I only look at his policies and accomplishments. I see a booming economy and lower interest rates. I see low unemployment rates. I see American companies that fled overseas returning home. I see the oldest president staying up until 3 a.m. in a suit on Air Force One, waiting to greet our prisoners from Korea. I see China paying attention to him and returning to the negotiation table. I see him strengthening Israel, standing by Netanyahu, recognizing Jerusalem. I see him freeing Iran from a devastating regime. I see him tough on terrorism. I see a man who's delivering on promises he made, not just talking to get votes. I see a lover of America, one who defends his men in uniform stronger than anyone I've ever seen, one who is proud of our flag without feeling sorry, without excuses. I see an American hero. Let them say what they will. Trump is a hero. You will see. I love America. He loves America. I love him as our president. No one is without fault. We hired a man to do a job. He has surpassed my expectations in record time, single-handedly fighting the establishment and doing it for free. Stop listening to talking heads. Look at policies. I'm proud to support Trump. Have you seen that? <laughs> no, but I've, no. I've, I've, uh, I've run across variations on the theme. Okay. Um, it is what it is. <laughs> and it's so, all good. What, I, mean, I, I, want, I want to expand on that because I don't want to leave it. Like, and that's the only response at a certain point for me. Now it's up to me when we finish our conversation to go back into my life and actualize as best I can to stay in the best shape I can, to stay calm, to be a fount of light and love wherever I go, to post the things I think are the most important and will uh, help people come to understanding. 
Uh, and advocacy, one of the things that's cool, if I, you know, having an opinion is asking for a fight because it, it, it asks for, for opposition. So I, I, can do, you can, I can do this all day. You know, I can do this all day. I can, we can push and stuff. That's not where I want to go. I want to get underneath. I judge, and I've said from the beginning here, this band of insanity that we're all going through is related to our shared pandemic of terror, trauma, stress, and detachment. We are so alienated, we can't really communicate. You could pick the logic out of someone's conversation like that, as, and you could have that kind of discussion, but it's not, what's not important is he couldn't hear, no matter what I said, because he can't get at rest, and that's my story, because he has had a life where he needs someone to look strong to make himself feel good. And so that's what the strong man does. I can take on and look at me and, God, I wish I felt that way. So, but it's, it's all this trauma we've experienced. So you can't, if Bessel van der Kolk has come to the understanding that the trauma is in the body, it's not in my head, it's in my body, I feel it and I feel what I feel and it's real what I feel and it makes me, so I either hyper-regulate I try harder, work harder, drink harder, fuck harder, do. I exceed my balance point to try to come to some comfort because I'm so down. Or I hypo and I shut down, barrier up, pretend, and have to have a way to protect myself against a world I'm constantly fearful of attacking. There's no communication that can take place in that world. Right. And so I don't, I don't try. I can only do this one over here. It is what it is, and it's all good. Now let's go get, let's go play golf. <laughs> I meet good people, and I have good times, and I, I love everybody I'm around, and I just I do that. So I don't know how to do more than that. I, mm -hmm. It's all I really can do, and and do this the page, and talk to good people about deep topics. So. Yeah one one thing that stood out to me from from that statement was. Um, stressing on, well, I see the accomplishments and the booming economy and interest rates. And that's when I realized I've really changed. I don't, I don't judge how good the world is by the Dow or by the, the GDP. And like, I'm like, I, I wow. judge it by the Dow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and, and that, that helped me realize. And like, so if somebody seen so many people share this, I'm like, Wow, that is like you—you you don't see the lies, and you think, well, if if my wallet's full, then anything else is fine. And because I, I because it saves me from having to feel the feelings I don't want to feel that are really, you know, I I coach a lot of people, and a lot of people are very successful, but who are only successful in some ways partly because they're so self-loathing. They must achieve to feel okay. I'd like a world where. I feel okay. How about you? I feel okay. You want to do something? Yeah, let's do something. You know, we're all down here in a very chill and relaxed and comf we're comfortable right where we are almost all the time. Right now. Comfortable now. Happy now. At ease now. Now, I want to go do stuff. But most of us live up in this energized place. Or like I say, that shutdown is asking for so much to not have to go there and feel it. Mm. This, is, this may sound silly, but it's, just, it's the thing that helped me understand trauma. Because Vanderkolk talks about it never goes away, and there's this beautiful, beautiful poem about I, I'm always stuck in that alley. You don't know why I'm this way or this way or this way in the day of my life, because I'm always back there in that same alley. My, my tire light comes on in my car. And I say, well, geez, that's, that's terrible. And I go out and I look and I can't see anything. Geez, that's, now it's worrying. Geez, what if the tire pops? What if something terrible happens? I'm 60, 70 miles, 80 miles an hour on the freeway. Jesus. Okay, now I'm, now I'm fully, full on worried. I have anxiety. I had for reasons of schedule to do that for two days before I could go in and get the tire checked. And everywhere I drove, 
I was in this state of distraction that I judge is very much like a person who's had trauma. Hmm. Now I'd say what? 30, 40, 50% of us have had some sort of horrible trauma happen to us. Car accident, to being raped, to being beaten, to being, you know, all kinds of horrible things have happened to people. Beaten by their parent, et cetera. So that's going on. That doesn't go, it's happening in their body. They sense things differently. They, they see things differently. That fellow sees, he kept on talking, but I see. What, what I see is good. Right. The second level understanding is, but why do you see it that way? Yeah, I don't know that he's gotten to, to that place. So that, that, it seems to me that that's the thing that has to be unwound, this tension that we're all experiencing before we can actually start to have communication. So what might unwind, unwind that tension? Is it, is, is it just down to each individual? Seems to me that that's, that's a very clear message of Puerto Rico, of Hong Kong, and everybody else that it's just people all they all people have to do is stop and make it an issue and it becomes an issue now it requires going to but i mean in our daily lives as we have any of these interactions and i can't do it all the time for sure but i sure am trying to return to balance rebalance 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 and for me i use the technique Ooh, it's all I figured this out. Is the breath, right? If I let go, and I actually let my body let go. When I was teaching yoga, people would come in and they want to do yoga. And say, Hutch, how do we, show me how to do yoga. I want to learn. All right, sit down. So we'd sit on the floor. And I'd say, could you just fall over, please? No, I'm serious. Fall over. <laughs> they do it like, arrange themselves yeah well about the fourth or fifth time they'd finally actually sort of let themselves melt and fall over and then i'd go up and i'd whisper i'd say okay you now have permission to completely relax your body completely relax your body and they'd start to relax and i say now just on your next exhale just go and they would do that and very frequently, people would begin to cry. Hmm. If, I, if I had the wherewithal and, you know, on the lottery or something, having a place where people could relax would be the place I would try to create, hmm. where people could come in and get a hit of comfort, ease, peace. <laughs> right next door to the rage room. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah if you're going to need the powder town where everyone's going to go to right <laughs> indica sativa <laughs> so so you mentioned um you know, you know hong kong and other places and and people rising up and deciding that something's an issue um but so it, it, there's no shortage of issues today it, so is the is the is our challenge people's certainty of their opinion on each issue? Uh, the fellow we, we, we have not yet mentioned, and I'm proud of us, um, is a master, is a master. I don't doubt that he read books by other authoritarian leaders. His behavior certainly indicates he has a different, he sees somebody else over there that we don't see. Well, I, I don't see, you don't see, maybe. Uh, but so I think he may be, have been studying this for a long time. He's probably also getting advice from, forgive me for being just like a derivative, KGB people as to how to do t brain techniques and other. And so the, now, the amount of distraction that's happening is a prime technique. Make it so distracting, we can't focus. Can you focus on any news item? Come on. Because yeah, it, it, it's just... 
It's mad. It's madness. And that madness is in a culture that's already been desensitized. Really hard for us to relate to. We have one moment in 2020, the fall of 2020, a coalescence could take place. But otherwise, I think this, this could be some deep shit. All right, so, so with that said, do you feel that, uh, yeah, so you said we're in a state of chaos. So is the chaos going to get worse before it gets better? Um, is it, are we just going to get new levels? Is it never going to get, you know, are the good old days long gone? Uh, when, the historical precedent would say it would get to be more brutal at one level or another where the, the it's already it's already well beyond the bounds of that old that old time morality that we used to live with but it's it would be more severe maybe more groups a, a different you know pretty soon if if it's if the government is being entirely run by the people who are industry leaders well that says something about what the what's happened there's been a corporate takeover of the government and i i think that's what's underway Corporation. Oh, so the country would be more and more like a corporation. You know, you'd be filling out paperwork. I got to go to the bathroom, fill out the paper, check the ball before you go. You know, we have to know how often it's being used so that we can have the service in here on the right dates to make sure that it's <laughs> right. So it'd be all in the, in this, in the service of organization and like Mussolini made them damn trains run on time. So, so well, it does, it does think it, there's a lot of people, and a lot of ability to control us. Yeah, a lot of ability to control us. It, 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 I don't want to go 1984 and Brave New World, but it sure does feel like a lot like that. Mm. Mm. So in a, yeah, it's the, and when the corporate takeover is complete, they won't. You know, it's like they'll be American contractors, not American citizens anymore. We already are. Yeah. Mm. They're they're citizens. They're they have the rights of citizens. People don't get the profundity of that. Jesus, wait a minute. That company over there that only cares about making a profit is gives equal rights with me. That's not right. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. And and and, and again that this is coming from again, my perception is that this this is coming from what what used to be called conservatism and Republicans and you know, pro-business, small government, lesser taxes. But yeah, it's humans are being replaced by corporations. And as long as the corporations are doing fine, then everything is great in the country. I have some sadness for conservatives because the true conservative and, and the setup as it was, was really what? As long as these two are not enemies, but are combatants in the field of ideas, it's great. But once Rush Limbaugh and the kind of no, they're the fucking enemy and they're <clears throat> raping your children. And a variety of the kind of absolute turning them into despised. When you start to despise somebody, they become inhuman and you don't have to listen to them anymore. Mm. And when it started to get like that, it made it awful. But it used to be that the conservative, I'm conservative. I believe that you should test that shit 10 times before you put it into law. You give me some small places where you test that before we make it a federal law. And if, if you want to spend money, spend it like it's your own damn money. Mm. And, and other ways that are, I'm really conservative. And that's what's supposed to happen. There's this balance when you have to come to a compromise that's what works. But if you eliminate the possibility of compromise, you create, you set the stage for fascism. Because hmm. hmm. if, if Democrats had the, the Oval Office and both branches of government, you know, they would come for the guns or whatever it would be that would be similarly off-putting. Off it, you need the competition between, that's almost, I, although England's not showing it, it seems to me that it's, it's an, I don't know, I don't want to get into constitutional versus the lords and the ladies, uh, <laughs> the lords in labor. But anyhow, so I, I think that's kind of all I have to say about that.
Okay. Is there anything that, uh, you know, in your wildest dreams or wishes that, that you see that could bring Americans back together and more of that middle ground and, and well, compromise? Yeah, I think the men's school taught me something. Well, it wasn't the men's school. It's all of school taught me something. I was never any place in a learning environment where women didn't do better than men. And if they didn't do numer- objectively better, they did subjectively better because the paper looked better. You know? And I think this, the miracle possibility would be that the Democrats wind up bubbling their way into nominating, say, a Warren and a Tulsi Gabbard or somebody. Totally off script, complete, but whatever it is, two women. Two, not one and a token, two women, badass. And they and the Democrats go for the women. They'll win that so big. Trump is a target for women's hate. And the women who are, even, even a lot of the women in Trump country, if they think they ain't going to get whooped for it, they're going to get in there and they're going to push the right lever. Oh no, honey! I'm all for you and Trump. <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna, and that's the way to beat him. Women is my under is my uh, hallucination mm. that he, that that's the way to do it. Yeah, I'm still surprised. I mean, I, I think I recently just last week CNN had a group of women together, and no, I'm still Trump, and he's great, and yep, and you know, send her back, or me too, or you know, stormy, you know, no, no issue w- was changing their mind. Um, and it, it, it astounded me. They're traumatized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I, what I, and on the left, we're traumatized. Yeah. We care more about our feelings than than Claire plans. And the only person on the Democratic side that has said shit about what they could do are Bernie and Warren. Yeah. What's the pro- hello? But I'm understood <laughs> i'm experienced mm. so uh i think i've revealed my political point of view <laughs> no and i as, as, when uh, i was hoping biden wouldn't come in because i was like it's it's no the solution is not oh uh, another old white guy is not uh, the solution like so I, um, I have a buddy the guy who ran my campaigns when i was in politics who um is a Biden guy, and we, I just, we had to stop talking for a while. We just can't talk. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's also amazing. What amazes me is that, uh, like, Trump has never stopped campaigning. No, like, it's just I'm like, what? And I, it just, it just, again, amazing. What just was, you know, was the norm was just has been erased in so many different ways, and not much of an outcry, or again, just through distractions or due to a new issue each day to have people outcry about, <laughs> you just can't keep up. So no, no one thing gets enough traction to, but so well, many things that would this? have brought down so many other politicians throughout ages. How about this? I don't think it's a fair fight because like I said, I think they're getting good advice from an entire other government hmm. and help. Hmm. <laughs> the other strategy, the more cynical, maybe Machiavellian is that, the Democrats, since I think that they're, they've been relatively inept, could, should uh, ask for China's help. Mm. <laughs> Come on, it's not a fair fight. You say, God, there's a bully. We need your help. Come on, come on in here. And now, now we got a fair fight. All right. So, like so every American political party needs a communist country to back them up. Is that where <laughs> we become? <laughs> That's how great capitalism is. <laughs> it's like your vice principal. <laughs> he's the one that does the with the paddle he's the one that'll hit you mm-hmm. do they pa- they don't paddle kids in school anymore do they uh, not in any well maybe in texas <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say not in any public school but then i thought oh maybe texas still does i don't know but yeah he passes the law <laughs> um so let me go back to you know kind of the 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 topic the jumping point for this show um and, and ask you straight out um do politics and men's work mix? Do they go together? 
like I said, I, I think that's inextricable. I think that's, that's the one thing about the Mankind Project, I, not one, that's, that's a thing about the Mankind Project that I have, is our, our work with mission seems to be derived from that. Are you on the project? Mm -hmm. I am, yeah. Yeah, so, so it comes from that little boy's deepest wound, deepest need. And I want my mission to come from my adult, smart-ass, elder wisdom as well. And more than the other, because it's a wound-based. So I think that's a cycle that happens around wound worship in eye groups and whatever. It's down energy. Yeah. So I get that we start out usually not grounded and connected to our feelings, but I really wish the emphasis, once the ascent has taken place, stayed in the ascent, and people were, were inspired to keep going forward. Okay, we've done that work now, start to manifest it, rather than keep revisiting it because the I group asks you each week, do you have something to work on? Oh yeah, I got the, I got the, got my old trusty mom issue. Let me get that out. <laughs> we can all sleep through me doing my mom issue again. All right. All right. I can cry anytime. <laughs> yeah. And I get that. That's going to be the start, like the starting point for any growth, for any healing. Obviously healing begins with the wound. Oh yeah, if, if that's never wounded and healed enough that you now step above that to have, have a new... I, I bet you if I look at a natural initiation for some native tribe that we're supposedly modeling ourselves after, once that sucker gets back to the village after getting his tooth knocked out and uh, he knows he's got the, the roles of a man, he does not sit around want to play with his toys anymore. I mean, I get feelings aren't toys and I don't mean to minimize but that you're different now. And it, it asks of you to be different, not just come back and talk about, geez, how would I get back to being? No, you're different now. Let's move forward. I, I, I'm self-righteous about that because it made such a big difference for me. I left the project for a while, about three years, based on having basically not made enough money in my life. I made a whole lot as a young man, and then I went through this whole period. I'm t I have a yoga place. It's not making much money. I don't, blah, 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 blah. I'm doing it for the right reasons. I'm being a mystic and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, I, I was all intention-based, and we did work in iGroup. I got to give iGroup credit because we did work in iGroup where we used to do a thing called uh, waves of work where we would do a three-month period. We had eight guys in the group. Four would work. Four would facilitate. Cool. The facilitators would all take on a role in facilitation that was different than their tendency. So the, the weakest person would be the warrior, and et cetera, et cetera. The four guys who worked would have to come up with a body of work that every, all seven other guys would agree was a valuable enough piece for them. We'd known each other for years, so we knew each other's stuff. A valuable enough piece that would worth three weeks of work. And each week, we'd come and do a whole half hour. Each guy would get a whole half hour on his work. Cool, that worked out wonderful. That was a powerful thing. I did not believing my thoughts and feelings. Hmm. Because I had created my philosophical view of what the world was and what it is that didn't include Trump, by the way. <laughs> right? <laughs> didn't include any of the shit that's actually happening here. Yeah. Didn't include having to go to prison. It didn't include having an accident. It didn't include going through trauma. It didn't include any of that. And I was living it nicely in my own little make-believe world that really had hidden from life, I think. And suddenly, when I stopped believing what I thought and felt, I noticed so much else. And that every time I threw belief at it, well, marketing is bad. Really? I wonder, let me think this through again. How am I going to get people to come if I don't market? So it began to break down a lot of stuff. I started making money. My life changed. And I just, I didn't go back to iGroup because they were not very entrepreneurial. I couldn't, they couldn't work with that period in my life. But that helped me really get out of my imaginary world and back to some sense of groundedness. Um, and I think that's me coming from my own trauma. My trauma was if I'm the nicest black guy you've ever met, I could make it in this world. Right. If I, if I can charm you and I'm nice and 
oh, he's so, and he's, oh, he's so earnest, and what a good teammate. You know, then I could be safe in this world. Hmm. And I, okay, I could play that, I could do that. And that was, a, that was a traumatic thing that I had to get out of being so nice that I didn't take care of myself. And it, uh, hmm. now, well, thank you, was, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm really, was, was, the, was the conscious decision, I need to be nice, what, was that if you were white, do you think you wouldn't have had to be nice? Was it because as a black man, you had to be nicer than someone else? My particular story said that. I don't, I'm not certainly not the only one. Most people, many people are caught up in being, uh, being nice to be loved, mm. being, trying to be lovable to be loved. Uh, that's very common. But for me, it had the extra little kicker of, it's a little dangerous out there. Mm. And I'm, I'm perceived, you know, people will change sides of the street when I'm walking down the street and I'm busy of thinking, you know, is it something, is it something I did? And it's because of an appearance I had nothing to do with. Mm. Right. So I had to kind of take that into account as I was going through the world because I'm not thinking anybody should be crazy about me because I'm black or not, but it turned out that it mattered to them. It's weird. So we've talked a lot about, we mentioned the men's group a lot, the men's school, sorry. Um, so what's the best way for, for someone to get in touch with you or to discover the men's school? Facebook, Jan Darwin Hutchins. Um, and the men's school is, it's called the men's school, one word. The men's school, one word. Okay. Uh, it's fun. Have a good conversation. I post good stuff. I have to, you know, I post a lot of good stuff. I have got a history now of what, how many years has Facebook been doing this history thing? Like seven years, mm. things I've been posted. It, in fact, it's a really nice way already to start to see my life flash mm -hmm. before my eyes, right? It, yeah. like seven years ago, that's what I was thinking. Very interesting. And, and I can and, see this tendency I was just describing, this piece of all of my idealistic, intentional, if I just believe, you know, if I just feel right all the time, you know, it's now become a little clearer and more focused. But yeah, um, thank you for giving me a chance to to let folks know where they can find it. Yeah, and and it's a public group, right? Anyone can absolutely find it. Just just well, all you have to yeah, just apply to enter. Like, and I, yeah. I'll let you in. All right, great. Um, so so wrap wrapping up. I I just wonder with uh with your wisdom, <laughs> with your all of your various backgrounds, all the people you've talked to and interact with, is is there is there one thing that you wish more men knew? that it is our responsibility to feed our own anima. That imagining romance will please the deepest core part of you that needs to be nurtured, inspired, and seen as we need from our feminine energy, the feminine in the world, has to come from in here. And that thing that makes you stop, that stops time when you do it, do that enough to feed that spot so that you don't need a woman to do it. And then you can actually just be a friend to the woman and actually have better connections at all levels with the woman as a human, not as a substitute for the goddess that's in you. Cool. Thank you very much for that. Um, and, and, and thanks again, Jan, for, for showing up, for, for being yourself here and for being yourself Everywhere I see you, like you're, you're really one of the few men that you don't have an obvious mask. <laughs> Does that make sense? Um, so again, uh, and encourage anyone, whatever your thoughts politically, wherever you are on whatever spectrum you want to look at, um, you, don't, you don't need to agree with anything that we've just said, but I invite you to just follow our lead and have a discussion. Mm. Don't just trade comments and don't just put angry faces on social media, you know, just, you know, have a conversation with someone that you don't agree with and, and learn about why you don't agree. And maybe there is a middle ground. And it's best to have that conversation as possible about kids, your golf game, <laughs> something that's not the politics. And then once you kind of know each other, then timidly, maybe you can step in that area. Great. Awesome. Uh, thanks again, Jan, for joining us. Thank everyone for listening to us. Wherever you're discovering Real Men Feel, please give a like, a share, a review, a post, a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Visit realmenfeel.org. Uh, check us out on Facebook. Send us feedback. And we'll talk to you again soon. Be good to yourselves.
Thank you for listening to Real Men Feel. Reach out to us at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Learn more about Andy Grant at theandygrant.com. Until next time, visit realmenfeel.org or the Real Men Feel Facebook group and share what you thought of this episode. Please give this podcast a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you are discovering Real Men Feel.